Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hook em up with Ian Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Texas OU Week is uh, at Tuesday, counting down the days to the 11 a.m. kick at the Cotton Bowl. Texas will be 5-0 when facing Oklahoma for just the third time in the series history. Last time they did it was 8 9 That's right. It's 5-0 for the Longhorns. Sooners 5-0. What more could you ask for in what uh, is going to be the final matchup is, uh, for these two teams as Big 12 opponents? And... Um, you know, Rod, we were thinking about this as we talk about all the subplots of this game. We'll do it all week long with our experts. We'll get some insider thoughts from the yes, north, of, from north of the Red River this week and obviously from the Longhorn side of things. It's a big recruiting game, of course, but obviously huge on the game. You know, when we go to the uh, – this may be – when you consider what this game means for this season, for both teams, right? The winner comes out at 6-0 and and is in the driver's seat position, not just for the Big 12 championship, but for, you know, bigger things. CFP, correct? baby. Yeah, CFP. And – uh but this is the last year of the four-team college football playoff. So you know, next year with a 12-team playoff, you could argue, you know, will this game ever be as big? The magnitude ever be as large? Because mm. uh, with you know extra teams making it every year now, again, still going to be a huge game. No, that's true. It's a good point, though. You're right. Because both teams got a chance that they're still really good yeah. to make it in. That's right. Like basically this year, if everybody's predicting that the winner of this game, will, uh, the loser of this game, rather, I should say, will get a chance – to get revenge, <laughs> to avenge that loss, because they'll meet again in the Big 12 title game because right. the rest of the Big 12 just doesn't seem up to par. And usually you're like, oh, man, that's going to be it's going to be brutal if whoever loses that late if both of these teams end up you know, with the only losses being to one another. That's going to be brutal because if you lose late in the four-team college football playoff, that's disaster. Usually, TCU would actually work. You know, worked in their favor. They actually lost late, um, so they kind of bucked that trend. But usually, losing late is bad. So you you'd be out of it. You'd be out of the conversation if you lose that late, uh, especially with the disrespect the Big Twelve usually well, gets. Look, the last, but now you'll still be in it, though. Yeah, you can uh, lose with that the game. Twelve team playoff. It's not as important. I mean, it's still huge. It's still Texas OU. But as far as the magnitude of the game, uh, you look. The last time Texas was five and zero going into this game, they won it. And then still didn't play for the national championship because of, of course, the Texas Tech loss and then the Big 12's tiebreaker. And it was Oklahoma who went on to play Florida for the national championship mm-hmm. that year. So we don't want to bring back old memories. But this is a huge game, obviously, for the um, impact of the Big 12 and obviously for the impact of uh, bigger picture things, which makes it uh, even more fun with College Game Day descending on Dallas. We will descend on Dallas. Hey, let's get you caught up, though, on the headlines of the morning. A lot going on. Make sure you're fully aware as you're up and out on a Tuesday. Top Gun Rentals and Lot Equipment bring it to you. Texas football starts at Accolades yesterday for a pair of Longhorns off of the work they had against Kansas on Saturday. Running back Jonathan Brooks named the Big 12's Offensive Player of the Week. 
First time he's won that award in his career. A.D. Mitchell, for the second time this year, named the conference's newcomer of the week. Brooks rushed for 218 yards and two touchdowns in that win over Kansas. Uh, the Hallettsville native, the sophomore, currently leads the Big 12 in rushing yards with nearly 600 on the year. Mitchell, meanwhile, caught a career-high 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown in the win. Injury front, both J.T. Sanders and uh, Ryan Watts left Saturday's game with Kansas with leg injuries. Yesterday, Coach Steve Sarkeesian said the both starters are day-to-day, going to receive treatment throughout the week, be monitored, and Coach Sarkeesian will have a better idea of their availability later in the week, probably after practice on Thursday. Uh, both are hoping to be available for the 119th meeting of uh, the Sooners and Longhorns. Coming up at 11 o'clock on Saturday. NFL breakout performance on Monday Night Football for the Seattle Seahawks defense or just another dreadful performance by the New York Giants. You can decide on that. Seattle pummeled the hapless Giants 24-3 on Monday Night Football. They sacked uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones 11 times. And the rookie cornerback, Devon Witherspoon, had two of those sacks. He also, the fifth overall pick in last April's draft, also returned an interception, 97 yards for a touchdown to seal that game in the third quarter. Seattle moves to 3-1. and one. G-Men are 1-3. and three. They've scored six total points in two home games so far this season. They'll be at Miami and at Buffalo the next two weeks. Uh, Dallas Cowboys off to that 3-1 and one start, coming off that bounce back and performance over the Patriots on Sunday. They're facing a major measuring stick game this Sunday afternoon, or Sunday night, when they face the unbeaten San Francisco 49ers out in San Fran. Several Dallas starters, starters nursing injuries headed into the matchup including all pros Micah Parsons and Zach Martin Parsons dealing with the knee ankle injury issue but expected to be a full go at practice starting tomorrow according to Mike McCarthy Martin is nursing that bruised quad they're hopeful he'll be able to go and real good news on starting left tackle Tyron Smith Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy says Smith is doing much better with that knee injury that has kept him out of each of the last two games Major League Baseball playoffs do begin today with a quadruple header of Major League Baseball including those Texas Rangers in Tampa to face the Rays. We mentioned that's a 208 first pitch, and you'll hear it uh, right here on the horn, part of a quadruple header. Two games in the afternoon, two games at night. Both uh, all, all four series get going today and the night. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero turn mowers this month. At Top Gun. Topgun.net will shoot you straight. All right, yesterday we were actually uh, just randomly throwing out the idea of. Brett Yarmark not going to the Texas OU game and Greg <laughs> Sankey going to the Texas OU game. It's happening. You said Greg Sankey should go. He's going. And I said, no way Brett Yarmark is going to the Texas OU game. And he's not going. Is that right? <laughs> so we were both right. Yeah, I saw it reported by On3 that Sankey said, oh, he's going to be there. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Greg, they said SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey will attend the final Big 12 Red River Showdown between Texas and Oklahoma. That was reported by Ross Dellinger. And I'll give you the reporter, but I saw a reporter that said they asked Brett Yormark if he was going. He was like, nah, I'll see him later. <laughs> he don't want to go be a part of that. He's like, no. Oh, here it is. Uh, Heather Dinich. Heather Dinich. Oh, said, ESPN, yeah. Yeah, she said uh, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark is not attending the, o- the Texas OU game, but we'll see uh, those teams two times this season. He's already seen Oklahoma uh, versus Cincinnati. He knows Greg Sankey is going to see Texas OU and said he should. That's his future. Uh, and he said he should support them. Boom! So we're both right. I like that. His ass better be here for the Texas Tech game after popping off out in Lubbock. This no summer. way. Come on. <laughs> no. He's got to be here for that he game now. He's going to see them on the road somewhere. <laughs> he like, duck in and duck out. Yorberg's got to be here for that game. He might come to the TCU game because that's on the road. Yeah, that's In a his offices, like in Dallas or whatever. Yeah. He might do it. He, he might is. go to that game. 
Yeah. yeah, after what he said at the uh, Lubbock fundraiser deal, Kabooster for club. Yeah. Then he had to come on, man. Your mark. Let's Both go. Both fan bases are going to hate him at that game. Why would you go there? Like, at least go where one fan base is going to like you. Because it's the WWE. Go be hated. That's yeah, fine. Nah, well, no, no, no. He's, he's, he understands that. Uh, nah, I can't fan. go there. I, I need to have somebody on my side, and he can't go be public enemy number one there, which is what he would be. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's that is uh, somewhat. And that's uh, a hostile poetic. environment, by the way. That, you know what I mean? That's a hostile environment. Anyway, fans don't act the same as they usually act at just regular football games at the Texas OU game. There's a lot more vitriol. Things get escalated a lot quickly. Somebody, people are quick to throw, give you a middle finger, and and cuss you out and stuff like that. He would definitely have something thrown at him or something like that. Now nah, he should. He's right. Stay away from that game. You, you're disliked by both fan bases. They already want to take out their frustration and their hatred on somebody. Red Yard Mark is a perfect like, perfect target. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want you that. You don't want that. No, I love it. All right, <laughs> so I didn't uh, – good good reporting right there, Heather Dinich. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know – because it's uncomfortable, right? It's oh, like going man. to your, your ex – Spouse's wedding, or exactly. Something. Yeah, <laughs> gonna, you, people are gonna be looking at you weird. Like, why are you here? Or engagement party, or why something. Are you here, man? That's what this, this is. Yeah. The wedding. This is kind of the engagement party. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, I love it. I love it. But uh, the subplots, it's the hey, final. The pettiness, baby. The pettiness in sports continues. It's a beautiful thing. We need that. I love it, man. The petty can. Everybody's getting more and more petty. It's, it's a beautiful. It brings more storylines out. That's a good thing. It indeed does. And uh, this game has plenty of storylines. <laughs> and as we said, uh, maybe the last time it's this big. It's this huge. You're and that, right. you know, that's a bigger picture conversation about the 12-team playoff. I think everybody loves I, – I like the idea of more teams having chances. And by the way, the, the piece of breaking news that came down last week, I think you might have been uh, out with your baby, that uh, the American Athletic Conference signed on, essentially the commissioner, to mm-hmm. the, all, the idea of five plus seven model of the, of the 12-team playoff rod. Okay. Because the, the working agreement right now is six plus six, mm-hmm. where six highest-ranked conference champions are in automatically starting yeah. next year. So if you win your conference, six highest-ranked, you're in. And that leaves then six open wild-card spots now. Yeah. Uh, six at-large, I should say. Shouldn't they wild-card? I'm thinking baseball today. But uh, at-large. Uh, but with the collapse of the Pac-12, I think everyone is looking at it saying, "Well, there's there because yeah, the idea of, the idea of six was the five power conferences mm-hmm. and then and, one yeah one, one non-power yeah uh, that have, that have a spot reserved for them. Well, now you're going to go to four, you're going to five, so it'll be the, the the power four, and then one, and then there'll be seven at large, which makes you know you get even more teams from the at large. Yeah, pool. no, Greg Saint can't go for that. Sankey ain't going for that. It's, I think Sankey would like it continued, even though they right they don't really truly have a power five anymore. He knows. If well, they he's, have a, the, he's already advocated for it. The five plus seven. Oh, he wants five seven. Yep. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that gives because if you have seven spots, not six for at large, that's that's another spot for an SEC team potentially. Very true. But it was these six highest ranked, right? Six highest ranked conference champions, and then now uh, the rest are just at large. Gotcha. I gotcha. So okay, I, mean, I thought Sankey's going to get his top, yeah, top five, you know, conference champion with in. the at large ones. I thought it was like six highest ranked period we're in, but no. you, okay, six be a conference champion. Which, and, which and, you know, I think that's a good concession that if you win your conference, you can lose a game early. You can lose a game in non-conference. Yeah, but you can have a terrible conference too. That's correct. But which, but that would impact your ranking. But either way, yeah, no, I mean, that, I, I think, I don't know that they get to the agreement of the 12-team playoff if they don't include a conference champion, you give it, give it an no, automatic bid, and so that was part but of that. But a conference champion basically for, like you said, it's, a, it's a, the highest-ranked conference Which champions. essentially serves the, the Big Ten, ranked. the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12's conference champion will be in. But then and, who and, else would be the other ones? That, That's why you're changing it. Right. The, yeah. the, the next one would be whoever, you know, was it Tulane last year, you know, mm-hmm. one of those kind of teams, and then seven at-large. 
with the uh, demise of the Pac-12. I thought that was interesting. And, of course, this will be the last year with the four team, which you know, this, this game itself on Saturday plays uh, some impact towards. Yeah. Hey, can we dive into uh, Rod's rant? Rod's always got deep dive stuff, man. It's Texas OU week. We are pumped up. Also, for the Cowboys and Niners, let's get it. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, um, I was actually just uh, talking to a friend of mine, and we were talking about Texas OU, of course. Um, we had an interesting, or at least we kind of found our way uh, into an interesting conversation in this debate about Texas, Oklahoma. So I'll present the thought experiment to the listeners and to you, Ian, to see what it. you think. If you if you could look at look, you know, obviously look at both rosters, Texas and Oklahoma. Is there a player from Oklahoma's roster that you would rather have than a Texas player currently on the roster? Ooh. One player um, that I would rather have, player for player, yeah, pound for pound. Because the conversation basically was oh, like Texas this. roster is so much better than Oklahoma's. All right. And and you could do the opposite too, Oklahoma fans. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just from a Texas side of <laughs> uh, things. That if you could take if you could draft a uh, you know, a player from Oklahoma or a trade, I should say, a player from Oklahoma for your player in any position. Who would it be? And my argument that I, I was the one that presented the thought experiment. I was like, I don't know if there are many, if any. Listen, you got a better. Dylan Gabriel is a really good quarterback, but would you trade Dylan Gabriel for Quinn Ewers? That's a conversation at the debate. But I, I don't know if a lot of Longhorn fans would. You could, because Dylan Gabriel's a really good player. So maybe that's one. I like their linebacker, Stutzman. He's a damn good player. They got a, a linebacker. I'll, I'll Danny, take Jalen Ford. Danny Stutzman's a good player. Exactly. Right, Jalen Ford's better, but maybe you can consider Jalen Ford to be a middle linebacker, and then you take him as the wheel linebacker, and then maybe that's it. Yeah, he's 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 better at you know at, at I'll take both in terms of off ball linebacker, basically what we look at him as these days because you end up playing nickel most of the time. At off ball linebacker, they have an off ball linebacker that's better than Texas off ball linebacker at Bender probably. But then you got young Anthony Hill, so it's it's a conversation that's I think an interesting one, but I don't know if there are many. I'm not trying to be cocky and arrogant here at all. Um, but that's how stacked the Texas roster is. I don't know if there are many. Well, and this is why there's excitement right now, and things can can right. change. A lot of football to be played, but you know the Longhorns' best players are all playing right now at, a, at an all-conference kind of level, right? So you probably wouldn't to, because you know we, the Longhorns not only they have talented players, but they're playing well uh, to this point. So I don't. The only I mean they they have the freshman Peyton Bowen at safety, but he's a freshman. I mean he's out of Denton Guy. He's one of those five player. star kids, real good player. But but you got Derek. Well, you got some good young yeah. safeties too. If you want to go into yeah. Jalen Catalan's a good safety. I mean I'm with you. It's a it's a good conversation at like four maybe four positions. But that's about it. Do I want Drake Stoops? <laughs> it's huh? a joke, by the way. <laughs> well, no, he's their lead receiver. I know. No, you're, you're joking. I'm like, well, no, he's a lead well, receiver. Well, look, I like Austin Stogner, their tight end, but I certainly would take JT Sanders. I mean, this is not close. Uh, and, Andrew Anthony's a good receiver, but I certainly would take Xavier Worthy. This isn't. And this is a credit to Sark and this staff. They've built a, a really, really talented roster. Yeah, Drake Stoops has got 25 receptions. He's a leader in receptions. They got um, you know Marcus Majors, their their senior running back, who's a good player, but you know Jonathan Brooks is. 
Playing at a really high level. He just what would you say? Just what he got Big Twelve recognition. Big Twelve rookie, uh, Big Twelve player of the week for the so, first time. He's leading the Big Twelve yeah. in rushing, rushing yards, yards per carry. All I think of those if there's numbers. A, there's a couple out. Danny Stutzman's a really good player, worth having a conversation. Like I said, not Jalen Ford. That's the other off ball linebacker. <laughs> um, and you, you know, I, there's another really good player. The um, is Key Lawrence is a good. Player for them? I think he might be. A, well, the one thing guy that I've seen when I watch their their games that pl- makes plays Billy a lot is, is their linebacker Jaron Canick. I mean, he weighs number seven and he just seems to be all over the field. They got two good linebackers. Two good linebackers. Well, mm-hmm. it's a Brett Venables defense. It has to, right? Mm-hmm. They can't. Brett Venables, whenever he was at Clemson, right? He had the massive O D lines with all the talent, but then you've got to have those linebackers that that. Uh, T- typically, they're what they're guys that wear neck rolls. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Those Clemson line, them dudes, yeah, them dudes. Mm-hmm. They wear neck rolls Steel to this day. Yeah, yeah right. they run around and uh, make a bunch of tackles. And Stutzman's one of those dudes, really good player. But no, I think you've uh, hit on a, hit on a, a really good point of, of a just where Oklahoma is in their program, and then you know just how talented Texas is. They're just loaded. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've had coaches like Urban Meyer at the you know, beginning of the year say he thinks Texas is as talented player for players anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the fact that Sark and this t- team is playing that way, like they're, they're, they're playing at a high level in all these spots. They really don't have a, a star name player that's underperforming uh, in a huge way. But if you have a suggestion, I, you know, I know we'll have some, uh, some guys on with us from, from the north of the Red River side. Our buddy uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ask Tyler McComas. We have them and, on. Uh, Tyler would be a good one because he's he's pretty level headed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, I, we'll get him on this week and as we get closer to uh, to Saturday. That's an interesting question. Yeah, because I, just, it, it, I, I I wasn't trying to be arrogant with either. I'm not. But well, I, is there is there an argument? Dylan Gabriel, <clears throat> Dave Gabriel versus Quinn Ewers, yes. based just on experience. Yes, and but at the same time, Quinn Ewers has more experience in this game. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Dylan Gabriel hadn't played in it yet. Uh, he got hurt. Before the game last year, didn't play in this game. Uh, Quinn, as a Metroplex kid, played in it and played great in a forty-nine to nothing victory for Texas. That was his comeback game after the injury early last year. So this will be his second uh, bite at the apple. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a thought experiment that is that is thought provoking, which is what you want. And um, but I think if you go, you start one to twenty-two. I mean, I think it'd be like twenty to two. I, I, said, I think they may have four. I say max. Oh, I know It'd one. Be four I know max. one. Kicker. I would take their kicker. <laughs> yeah, I was say, I, that's why I say it's four max because it's kicker. Kicker is out. Loma Fest ain't thinking about it, but yeah, I, may, I don't even know how how good their kicker is. But Loma Fest, like, I may take that kicker. Take that kicker. So there you go. It's probably it's probably three or four, but still, usually I don't know it's if it's the that. Other li- I don't know if it's that lopsided usually. On either side, in terms of the talent event last year, I think we've was. seen it uh, <laughs> over Lincoln Riley's best teams. There were some times where you're like, "Yeah, you wouldn't trade a lot of these Texas guys right now for those guys," but um, you know, especially mm. you know, key positions. But yeah, Longhorns at mm. quarterback is even and maybe a little advantage receiver by a lot. Running backs, the way Jonathan Brooks has emerged, you know, offensive line is Texas advantage, especially with Kelvin mm-hmm. Banks anchoring the left side. And the way the, the way the guys are playing up front for Texas, their defensive front might be the best in the country right now. So you're not trading Tavondre Sweat and Byron just, Murphy and those guys for anybody. Yeah, it's just it's linebackers a, and a couple of DBs. It's maybe. a tough sale, but at, it you know obviously the totality. You're talking about you know sometimes um, the that's why it's a team game. <laughs> well, and that's um, what the sum um, of its parts don't necessarily always add up. Yeah, that's that's the that's an interesting question. And as I said, you know, looking at the numbers of who's played who, right? Texas has played five teams with a combined record of seventeen and eight. Uh, Alabama, Kansas, and Wyoming are all four and one right now, and Texas beat them by double digits each. Of course, Alabama and Kansas were ranked at the time. Wyoming is a four and one team. They haven't lost outside of that Texas game and beat Texas Tech. 
Uh, Rice is three and two. Baylor is the only team Texas has played that has a losing record at two and three. Hey, just had a, a twenty-eight point comeback. Man. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and as I say, you look at that Oklahoma schedule. You get that Oklahoma schedule. As I said, the the highest ranked currently, if you go to the D one rankings, one to th- one thirty three, the highest ranked team Texas has played or Oklahoma's played is SMU, who's ranked fifty first, uh, and they they were you know fourteen to eleven with that team in the fourth quarter, and then scored two late touchdowns and won at twenty eight to eleven. Uh, by the way, SMU, if you look at their total offense and total defense ranking, they're top thirty in both. So SMU is actually a pretty good team for Rhett Lashley. But that's not that's the best team that they've played. Iowa State ranked seventy seven, uh, Cincinnati ranked eighty two in the country right now, and are two and three. Tulsa and Arkansas State are both in the hundreds. So uh, Texas clearly has played a tougher schedule to get here, and and uh, you could argue played better. Now look, the the, the Oklahoma numbers are gaudy. Total yards, total defense, improvements from year to year. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's having a heck of a heck of a you know start, but that's against whom, right? Who are you putting those numbers up against? Obviously, the test goes up significantly this week, and I think you just uh, illuminated that Texas does have the better roster. They do have the better players, and they won this game last year, forty-nine to nothing. And Texas is better this year than they were last year. I think we would all agree mm-hmm. to that with the additions that they've made and the uh, the improvements and the maturity of the offensive line. How much better is Oklahoma? Are they 49 points better? I don't think this is going to be like that, but much like Kansas, right? Texas had beaten Kansas 55-14. to 14. Kansas was more in the game, but Jalen Daniels didn't play, but 40-14 to 14 the following year. We'll see. Good points by Rod Babers. That's the rant. We'll come back when we do more on uh, the NFL after, five, after a month of football, looking at these uh, college games as well. You Ranger fans getting ready for wild card baseball. But we're talking Texas OU. You know what uh, week it is. It's it's that week. It's hate week, Rod. It is uh, 725. And OU still sucks. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Speaking of that, Vaqueros Hotline, we're going to have our first Texas OU-related guest of our week, our week coming up after the top of the hour, Rod, about 810. We'll talk to our good buddy Taylor McCarg, former uh, Rice quarterback, former what uh, Vista Ridge Ranger quarterback. He's now a college football analyst for CBS Sports, and he called the game Oklahoma SMU. So we got to see Oklahoma up close and uh, talk to their coaches, get ready, and that was their toughest game to date. I guess that and the Cincinnati game would be their most uh, hard-fought games. Hmm. Uh, but that SMU game was uh, was a three-point game into the fourth quarter, so we'll get Taylor's thoughts on what he saw from that Oklahoma team uh, that night and uh, what he expects to, to see this week with like Texas. Uh, so Taylor will be with us as we'll have a, a slew of guests this week to get you ready for the uh, 119th meeting of Texas and Oklahoma uh, for sure. And here's a text that says, Rod, agree or disagree, this game is won by the more talented and more physical team. Texas is both. Texas wins comfortably. Hmm. Um, I don't know if it's always the more talented team. I feel like we had teams that were just as talented or more talented than some of those Oklahoma teams but, we lost to in like 01, 
Physicality, and though, is a key word. Physicality is key. I, that's why I said talent. I don't know if it's always uh, the most talented because it's a rival game, a rivalry right. game. Hell, Texas, Texas beat Oklahoma a couple of times with Charlie Strong yeah. as a head coach. <laughs> so yeah. And that's there, the thing. It's, that's, it's, it, but that team was physical, though, right? And that's um, the frustrating part toward, of Texas, right? They're always yeah, talented. Toward the end of Mac's tenure, Mac upset them with, hell, Case McCoy as a quarterback. Remember that game? They were physical. They actually lined up and ran the ball against them. So I think the physical thing, that does actually translate and apply. It's not always the most talented team. Not always. It helps. It's not always. A couple from Sark from yesterday's uh, Monday availability. Here's one about physicality, right? This is an important word in this game. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, motion only carries you so far. Uh, it's about performance, physicality, and execution. Here's Sark on the importance of that uh, P word in this game. It's kind of a prerequisite. If we're going to play good football uh, in any game, we have to play physical. You know, we're, we're not a don't block defensive ends and read defensive ends and try to create space that way. We're kind of a double team driven power running team. Um, We throw a lot of balls on the perimeter and we have to block on the perimeter. They're kind of similar. All the perimeter things that they do, uh, their receivers block. And so we've got to do a great job on defense of getting off those blocks at the line of scrimmage. Uh, There's a lot of gap scheme things of our ability to get off blocks. So I think there's a level of physicality to both teams and their style of play. You put the two together in this environment, obviously that, that ramps those things up. So, uh, yeah, I do, I do think it's going to be of, of importance Saturday. All right, physicality. Impose <clears throat> the will. And if the Longhorns play a physical brand of football like we saw at Alabama, we've seen at Baylor against Kansas, I think they'll be good in this game because uh, uh, they have the better, better roster. And um, I think that's going to be hard. They do run the ball better. We know the stat, Rod, that, uh, that he who runs the ball and doesn't turn the ball over in this game – wins this game almost all the time. And Texas has been the better running team, and they're pretty good with the turnovers. They've had very few turnovers from their offense. No, I would say Oklahoma, though, leads the Big 12 in takeaways. They do. Uh, they have 10 interceptions as a team. So they're doing a really good job being opportunistic this uh, this season as a defense. And Brent Venables has been hands-on with that defense. He's The reports are he has kind of taken ownership of the defense personally, and you know that means they're going to be much improved. How improved? They will be put to the test versus Texas. Yeah, that's uh, that's the chess match, right? Yeah. That's uh, Sark v. v Venables, and that's uh, uh, looking for. Can we hear uh, Sark yesterday, Cole, about OU's defense is better, right? They hit the transfer portal. They attacked the lines of scrimmage. They brought in guys because they were terrible last year on defense, and they were not assignment sound. They were not aggressive, mm-hmm. and you know Texas went up and down the field on them. Here's Sark on what he has seen improvement-wise from that OUD. I think they're they're playing really well together. Um, you know, Coach Venables, he he's been doing it too long at too high of a level to think they weren't going to you know get that thing fixed. I said it last year that they would, and so uh, naturally they have. I think they're just playing well together. You know, a lot of guys on the on the same accord. Uh, the front tied together with the backers, tied together with the secondary. The multiplicity of what they do is very challenging. They've got a lot of defense. They got a lot of coverages. They got a lot of pressure packages. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely challenging on that front, especially when when they're all on the same accord um, and and working well together. So, um, like I said, we we've got a, we've got our work cut out for us offensively this week in preparation for the ball game. All right, so uh, drilling down on Texas and Oklahoma. We'll have more on that. Uh, I'll ask you this right mm-hmm. after the uh, coming out of a month of NFL football and what we saw last night. We've been treated to some pretty bad football in the prime time. Let's just go with that. It's been we ter- some some... terrible. Was it New York teams? Come on. It, it really is mostly New York, right? The Jets, they thought, and the Jets keep it close, but it's still ugly without Aaron Rodgers. And then the Giants are just bad. And, and do you know what game we get to start week five? Oh, no. Might as well just tune in, not tune in. Bears, Commanders. 
Oh, Bears Commanders from FedEx Field in the worst stadium in football. Is mm. there anything to like about that game? No, I wish anything. We could, I wish we could flex earlier. <laughs> anything to like about that game? <laughs> like, oh my gosh! Yeah, that's bad. That's terrible. Rookie quarterback in Howell, rookie first year starter. Justin Fields a mess. Justin Fields is regressing, I mean, and it's not all his fault. It's the the game plans, the scheme. Coach, yeah, it's all that. Well, the Bears um, organizational. You know, the ownership group. I mean, for two quarterbacks in a row, right, they fired a coach. Remember, they had uh, they had Matt Nagy as their coach, and they had mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and Mitch Trubisky, right? They hired a coach after they drafted a quarterback twice. So they drafted uh, Trubisky, fired the coach after a year, and then hired a new coach who that wasn't his guy. And so now this is the, and then they fired Matt Nagy, and then they drafted Justin Fields. So, you know, Matt Eberflus comes in from the Colts where he was running their mm-hmm. defense, and this isn't his guy. This isn't who he would have picked, right? If he had a chance to draft a quarterback, that's twice in a row. And I think it's it, you know it's just the Bears, though. And they don't develop. And this is what. And you wonder why Caleb Williams is out of USC. He's like, yeah, I don't want to play for the Bears. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they got top picks now. They can pick a quarterback again. Yeah, they'll be up there because they're not going to win many games this year. Exactly. After, <laughs> they're going. They're going to be in position to to pick. And they got really Carolina. Have... They picked up Carolina's pick, I think, and yeah. from the move when they went back to nine last year. That's what I'm saying. I think they 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 may have like the it's two the Cardinals. Top five it's picks Car- the there. Cardinals are the ones most likely to have two top five if Houston doesn't win a bunch of football games yeah, this year. But they're two and two. They're playing. They're playing good, and you know Houston's playing well. By the way, can I? And Houston's playing the, their way out of that being a high draft pick. They are. Uh, and I was looking at, you know, everybody does their NFL power rankings. Like, not only is Houston for the first time in forever not in the 30s, they're, we're, Yahoo had them ranked 17. Dude. 17. Well, like, but, what? What are we doing? Well, because if they ever get their starters back on the O-line, they've had the worst O-line in the league. And they're for still For the first winning. few weeks, if and they get the starters back on the line, it's actually a strength of the team. It should be, if healthy, yeah. <laughs> if, if healthy. So, that, I think that's why the prognosticators and projections are, man, this team has a really, they have a higher ceiling than even what they're achieving and right now. And they're still in that division where, you know, Colts, who've already beaten them once, and Jacksonville, who they've already beaten once. And so, yeah, Houston, that's good. And Cowboys are certainly up in the top five. Uh, who's your number one power-rated team coming out of uh, a month of football, Rod? Oh, it's San Fran. I think it is. Yeah, San Fran's easily the best, in my opinion, right now. I don't disagree. I think yeah. they are the best team, and I think that's the the, mm-hmm. the measuring class. stick game yep. for the Cowboys. Agreed. And um, you know, and and here's the deal. This is why losing that game against Arizona when they weren't ready to play is so critical. Because now, if you don't win this game on Sunday, which you know you're going to San Francisco, they're going to be favored in that game. Um, you know, big picture things. You're playing for home field advantage, right? You want you want to be at home in the playoffs as like much it. as you can. Yeah. And uh, losing games like that. Say, I remember last year the Cowboys had a, had a nice season and you know won what twelve games, mm-hmm. but they lost they lost a game at Green Bay that they had no business losing. Mm-hmm. They, they they lose games sometimes. And it, well, big picture when you're in this, you know, you know triumvirate with the Eagles and the Niners, every game matters. Yes, it does. And that's the one thing you give credit to the Eagles. They may not always look pretty, and their game with Washington this past weekend wasn't. Because they fell behind early, had to come back and win it in overtime, but they they they, they win the game. You know, at they the end win they the win game. the game. Yes, they do. And Cowboys can't always say the same. Uh, this is a big game. Can't wait for this. I mean, this this weekend of football with the 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 Cotton Bowl game and then San Fran and Dallas. 
Uh, but you have them number one, and why not, with um, all the weapons on offense. They're healthy on defense, and keep for San Fran staying healthy, right? They just have to keep. Yeah, they just have the worst injury luck, in my opinion, in the NFL, in, in Shanahan's tenure there, my man Shano's tenure, and Christian McCaffrey, knocking on wood, um, he has been pretty injury prone and hasn't had a lot of durability throughout the season, and they, his usage is actually increasing with the 49ers. They're using him a lot, yeah, and they they're actually even... not using a lot of their young running backs in depth, so I'm a little worried about that because the offensive blueprint completely shifts and changes when they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Now, he was the last missing piece for Shano. No question about yeah. it. Hey, do um, are the three best, if you do your power rankings, are the three best teams in the NFC right now? Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, or is there an AFC team you would slide in there? Chiefs, Man, Bills, Bills Dolphins? Bills looking good now. Dolphins, yeah, I mean, Dolphins still look good. They cooled off a little after the Bills put a whipping on them. Yeah, because the Chiefs don't look great. I think the Chiefs are going to get better. I still think the Chiefs are going to trade for a wide receiver at one point. I just think they have to. That, that they need it on that. They need it offensively. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you yeah. and you wonder if you know. I, I don't know in San Francisco. You just mentioned the usage of Christian McCaffrey. You know, by the way, by the way, Cowboys have an injury to Rico Dowdle, uh, their oh, backup yeah. running back. He's got a hip problem. That's a good point. I forgot about They're that. not sure about him this week and. You know, the Cowboys are thin there, and I know they haven't needed it with Tony Pollard to, to, to having breakout games, and because mm-hmm. uh, the defense has been so dominant, and they you know crushed the two New York teams, and then crushed the Patriots, held them to three points. Um, but obviously, as the season goes, you're going to need your running game, need some bodies, and you wonder because yeah, this is the time. This was the time of year last year when the Niners acquired Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, there's like, oh you, yeah, you're right. You know who's going to practice today in Indianapolis? Jonathan Taylor. Who's still mm-hmm. disgruntled? Is he a player that uh, we could see resurface in some trade talks because he wants a new deal? But man, they, those are the kind of impact players mm-hmm. that change the hierarchy. Uh, it certainly we did last year for the 49ers, and you know who knows what where the 49ers would have been if they could have kept a quarterback healthy in that NFC Championship game. You know, it's still a true true statement that the when Brock Purdy starts a game and finishes a game, they have not lost a game. It's amazing. And you know, Christian McCaffrey, the only game he's lost is that game that Brock Purdy got hurt in, and the backup quarterback. <laughs> the backup, got hurt. Yeah, said he got down to a third, fourth string quarterback. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. I, I agree with you about trades. This, I mean, the trade deadline's at the end of this month, and so we just started October. Have four weeks, but the Chiefs could use a receiver and a guy that 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes has can can trust to make some big plays. Um, the, Jonathan Taylor could be available. Cowboys could use a running back. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see where this goes. And, um, gosh, you think about this, the team in the NFC with Detroit, the Lions, get Jamison Williams back this week. Hopefully you picked him up oh, on yeah, your fantasy right. team, the kid out of Alabama, Man. the deep threat. He comes back. Uh, the league shaved a couple of games off his suspension because they re, uh, they reallocated their rules. So he was supposed to be out six games. They shaved it back to four. Hmm. So Jamison Williams in Motown will be practicing this week with the Lions to give them an, a, a weapon opposite Amon Ross St. Brown to go with that running game and uh, Jared Goff so and that improved defense in Detroit so they're Detroit a team to Lions, watch too. the class of that division without Who a doubt that? without a doubt right now without a <laughs> oh, doubt that's wild all right we'll come back there's some NFL chatter coming out of uh, the Monday Night Football Drek <laughs> the blowout win the NFL stop gotta, putting New York yeah. on Monday Night please, Football please please stop putting them on even there. Eli Manning on the Manning cast didn't want to watch that last night <laughs> it's awful Coming back, a little bullish or BS. We mentioned Taylor McCarg, the uh, former Rice quarterback, will help us preview the Sooners and Longhorns coming up. Uh, but coming next, it's bullish and BS here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Bullish or BS. 
That's right, Ian Rodby. Bullish on our uh, plans for the weekend. We'll be up in Dallas on Friday afternoon. If you're headed up, doing that Friday afternoon dash up to Dallas and uh, going to stay, get up early, head over to the fair. Come join us Friday afternoon for a roundtable get-together, talking Texas OU at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue on Main Street in downtown Dallas. Nice. We'll be there uh, from about 3 to 7. And then uh, we'll be back here for the watch party on Saturday at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover in Cedar Park. So we've got you covered on two spots, right? Dallas Friday afternoon here in Austin on Saturday. Uh, the Bud Lights will be flowing, having a good time. That Terry Black's Barbecue, which Ooh. is off of being bullish on something. Man. So good. Uh, also want to thank our friends at uh, One Source Gas. One Source Gas, Richard Strever and his team. If you have compressed gas needs, CO2, nitrogen, any of that, uh, they, they are the best in the industry. Find them online at onesourcegasatx.com. That's One Source Gas helping us with our Friday afternoon at Terry Black's Barbecue. So come join us. You know, we I get asked all the time, why don't you guys have a cool plot where, spot where you come up on Friday, hang out, talk Kick football, oh, yeah. have some food. Little community. So you, mm-hmm. so I found it for you. Socialize, yeah, that's <laughs> nice. I was, I was there last week, year, and I told Terry Black, I was like, man, we need to come back here next year. We haven't been talking about it for a while. Parking lots that are close. I mean, parking right next to. I mean, they have a parking lot of their own. So, and if you're a parking snob like me, you want to be able to park and not mess with that, be paying all the the tickets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right in downtown Dallas, Main Street. Come out and join us, three to seven. The, the guys from Inside Texas will be out there. I think Bobby uh, Burton and Jerry Hamilton are going to come yes, by sir. for a while. Uh, Rod and Patrick will be on. We've got uh, the full crew. That's Friday afternoon, brought to you by One Source Gas. It's at Terry Black's Barbecue mm. in uh, Big D, Dallas. Oh, man. I'm All jealous. Right. I'm a little jealous. Rod, and our producer today is uh, Cole Dixon because our buddy Ty is not feeling well. Are you guys bullish or BS on this? A new naked, a new, uh, you're big on Naked and Afraid, Rod. I'm a big fan of Naked and Afraid. There's a, new, there's a new uh, show being developed in the UK, British, mm-hmm. dating show. Oh, no. Called Naked Attraction. What does that mean? Um, well, I, I mean, what? <laughs> so the British dating show, everyone's talking about the, the so here's what they're going to do. Oh, no. <laughs> no. They're going to reveal no. the, the contestants one body part at a time. Oh, no. Starting from the feet and moving up. Wow. Wow. That means, you know. Um, until we get to the main the main show. Until well, we get to what right exactly what we, basically we're gonna go to all this no face right this is all body that's the last the face is last well the face shouldn't be last <laughs> so someone will be these women will be choosing from a bunch of guys and of course their feet then their legs and then their junk then their junk then their 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 abs chest face can I choose what body part I want to see first no I don't believe so. That's what I want. I want to know what now because you, I, I for the guys, they, you're always going to the same body parts every time. It's like, <laughs> can I see boobs? I can see the butt, and then we see the face. Everything else, you turn around, please. <laughs> turn around, please. <laughs> guys want to see three things: boobs, butt, face. That's it. So they have these guys in like these glass cases, and they can shadow them. They shade them. Wow. So yeah, they're just butt naked. Then they're butt naked. This butt naked, just naked attraction. In there. It's called. Wow. You know what? It's probably worth just you know watching one time. Yeah, I'll try anything one time. And you know that the show is on, on uh, Max. Oh, it's on HBO Max? So I guess you can I watch got it. HBO Max at the crib. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it a couple of times then. Yeah, because they had the, the texture says HBO did have uh, Naked and Afraid dating. Yes, I saw that too. I've seen all the Naked and Afraid. I'm really intrigued by it because I would never do that because I'm too afraid.
to be that naked in a random place, <laughs> in, you know, yeah, not in my house. But I really admire these people for going all these places naked and afraid in the most extreme conditions and environments on the planet. It is awesome. It's a, it's a. I wouldn't want to be standing true. in this glass case exactly. on a movie set. Come on, man. They just get naked. Oh, you know what? Oh, what do they, what they win? Do win? Do I just win a date? Well, I, guess I win they some go money. On a date. Somebody, somebody said, uh, somebody guys, says, that's been on for like seven years. They're just releasing it in the U.S. Hilarious show. You see everything. Everything. They do it for girls, too, right? Uh, you, yeah, you have to. Equal opportunity. You can't be sexist and do it for one sex and not the other. No, everybody gets to get butt naked. And that's they judgy. start at the bottom and work to the top? I want to I said, I don't like that. She let me cheat. I just want to see. I'll save you a lot of time. I don't need to see the feet. <laughs> I'm good. End up with if, the, if the boobs and the butt and the face are right, the feet. You're good. She could have ugly feet. I know me and my body. I would never. They would never get past a couple areas. I wouldn't even get to the top. But <laughs> I'd be out. But same time, you know, with the girls, you just don't want to. You end up with a butterface run. That's true. But hey, man, sometimes you can you can have a Penn Stater. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the I mean by that is great uniform, but a bad helmet. That's we will be back. <laughs> In case y'all didn't know. Hook <laughs> them up with Ian Rodby coming back. <laughs>